Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. is back for his 23rd NFL season, and I don't want to hear a negative word out of anyone, especially you, Hayden Winks. This is amazing news. There was zero decline in Tom Brady's game last season, and with much of the team staying intact, the Bucs will certainly make another run for the Super Bowl as the heavy, heavy favorites in the NFC South. Very tough day for me. I just spent $500,000 on Tom Brady's last touchdown ball, so I'm... I'm in the pocket pretty bad right now. Congrats for the Darren Ravel uh, tweet, though, that yeah, you got out there. Seriously, though, let, let's dive into this. And a little bit later on, we're going to hit on a whole bunch of news that's actually happened ahead of free agency. Amari Cooper on the Cleveland Browns, Michael Gallup back in Dallas, Mike Williams staying with the Chargers, throw in some Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins conversation. But this trumps it all. And I want to go back to this point that we brought up all season long, like Peyton Manning during his final season was absolute garbage. Like there were points when he was basically benched for Brock Osweiler had an absolutely dead arm. We've seen Drew Brees and how he had a dead shoulder for like the final few years of his career. You and I thought Tom Brady played at a MVP caliber standing this entire year. Nothing declined. And when you consider how the Bucs finished the season, obviously as a playoff exit where there were one or two plays after an incredible comeback that Tom Brady orchestrated to the then eventual Super Bowl winning champions. But that was without Chris Godwin. That was with Antonio Brown having an absolute meltdown. That was without a healthy Leonard Fournette, a healthy Tristan Wirfs. I'm not saying, you know, all these pieces are going to be back or 100% next season because, you know, they're going to lose Ryan Jensen at center. Ali Marpet are retired, but this was a much better roster than probably their exit indicated. And again, his play did not tail off at all. If I had an MVP vote, which by the way, NFL give me an MVP vote for crying out loud, I would have voted for Tom Brady. He led the league in total EPA. Uh, the Bucks finished first in scoring. This was an incredible season. Now this year, it's going to be much harder. The offensive line is dealing with retirement yep. and free agency issues. Same thing with wide receiver and tight end. And running back, all those pieces have to be back in place. But the Bucks are obviously going to put a bunch of money into the future and really try to run this thing back one more time. Tom Brady obviously thinks this roster is good enough to win, or else he wouldn't come back. I mean, that takes a lot of a lot of balls to ask uh, or to tell Giselle 
hey, sorry, I'm not agreeing with you. Like, There's maybe about five people in the entire world that can tell her no, and he's one of them. So that's the kind of alpha we're dealing with here. Sh- sh- should we get rid of some of the jokes already? Like the news of this came out right after Selection Sunday. He filled out one bracket, and he's like, you know what? I'm going back to the NFL. Also, I think he's in London today in Manchester, actually. And so he takes one vacation with the family. He's like, you know what? That's enough, enough. retirement for me. There was no real retirement, though. Like there was the tweet that I know Mike Florio and some took as, well, he retired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but not necessarily from the NFL. The paperwork was never even filed. And I understand that like we can get on quarterbacks who do this from time to time. Brett Favre from a few years ago, what Aaron Rodgers has done in the last few years. Screw it. I want Tom Brady back. Like the way he is playing right now is elite football. The number three fantasy quarterback last year on a per game basis, a dude that is a statue in the pocket who reads defenses better than he did in his twenties, has a better arm than he had in his twenties, you know, filters through pressure in the pocket better than his twenties. And you throw on top of this Hayden, they were able to keep both coordinators, offensive coach, defensive coach, all back despite interest from multiple teams, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich. So even if maybe some reports were correct about, you know, Bruce Arians and, Maybe their relationship deteriorated towards the end. Tom's okay with it because he's absolutely coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, absolutely. He specifically said in his tweet that it will be with Tampa Bay. So I think we can mostly throw out the 49ers rumors. I think he'll be back um, with the team. Yeah, going back to last year for fantasy, he was the QB2 behind Josh Allen. He was 18th overall in uh, better and best ball points per game. If you look at it not per game and just by total points, he was 12th. He was not being drafted on an underdog fan- fantasy uh, quarterback 11 or 12. This. Yeah, before this, I, I think way higher than that. I have him as like quarterback seven uh, right now. I'm going to have That's him that. in the 50s. I'm way higher than the market is on quarterbacks on underdog uh, just in general because it's half PPR. Uh, there's no more of the last round quarterback that uh, rushes for 700 yards. Like we figured that thing out. The statue quarterbacks are back. Uh, there's no more discount. So I think that we should be attacking Tom Brady out there. I saw a good uh, good tweet from Jack Miller. He said that Tom Brady, Max entered the, the big board on underdog, drafted himself in every league, and then unretired <laughs> uh, to make sure he won some money like that. For all of you people who are out there who have never played on underdog, you can draft right now. It's drafting year-round. Just It's in the description down below. The app is fantastic. Obviously, you can go on it through your browser as well. Whatever you put in for your first deposit, we will match it up to $100. So go and try some best ball drafts. It's only drafting. There's no waivers. There's no trades. There's none of that. Uh, A couple things I'm going to throw at you. Tom Brady was first among all quarterbacks last year in 20-plus yard passing attempts. He was third in completions, only behind Matthew Stafford and Josh Allen. A few other considerations. Sean Payton has gone to New Orleans. The Saints have been his nemesis over the last few years, especially while with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Russell Wilson out of the NFC, now into the NFC. The 49ers are going to a second-year quarterback that we know, they know, everyone knows very little about. And the AFC is the side that is absolutely loaded with the quarterback conference. So maybe they can kind of cannibalize each other. And Tom saw it. Again, they were two plays away. They were one Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup connection with a a bad defensive communication to Antoine Winfield of the middle of the field to taking that game into overtime after a crazy comeback. He has seen how all you have to do was get into the dance 
And man, if he just plays at the level they did last year, even if some of the pieces go away, like Carlton Davins and again, Ryan Jensen and so on and so forth, they have enough with that type of player. You have enough to be competitive every single time Tom Brady touches the field. Yeah, that division's terrible. Like there's just no getting around it. They're going to probably sleepwalk to um, a top four seed in the NFC. And then it's it's Tom Brady time after that. So I think they're in fine shape. I don't think that they should be Super Bowl favorites or anything like that. They're definitely probably a tier two team just because it's an aging roster. But they got the pieces in there. Do you want to real quick tell me how crazy I am for my fantasy rankings? Just really quick on Tom Brady. So this is my quarterback rankings. It's over on Underdog Network. Um, I have Tom Brady 54th overall. Uh, he is my quarterback six. I have him one spot ahead of Aaron Rodgers and then Trey Lance. I have him ahead of Joe Burrow. Uh, last year, he smoked all those dudes in fantasy points. Um, I don't, I'm not expecting Tom Brady to repeat that year, but I think after you have the dual threat guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, I feel like this is the range for Tom Brady. Do you think I'm being too aggressive? Tom Brady or like Matthew Stafford? Kind of like that range. No, I think that's totally fair. My question is, Hayden, you've talked about it. I think we're going to hear about it more this offseason. Should we be prioritizing quarterbacks more in fantasy football? Yeah, I think in I think you should be drafting one of the top like 12-ish ones. And I think that I just did a study. Um, if you drafted a tom brady type you can double dip in this tier uh more like the secondary tier so i think you can go like a tom brady um with a justin fields and then call it a day and go two quarterbacks even in these 20 rounds drafts like we have an underdog i think that is totally fine too um the other guys i wanted to, to bring up is yeah. mike evans so yeah, it, I'm is, is there a discount on anyone we could get here? And you're going to get to Mike Absolutely. Evans, Chris Godwin, and heck, I'll throw in now Leonard Fournette's name because he would be smart to now come back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, so I have Mike Evans ranked the highest because obviously he's the most likely um, to come back. But I let me just pull up all of them real quick. Mike Evans, I have at 25th overall. He was yep. absolutely dominant. Uh, last year, and obviously there's less target competition. He finished 27th overall in better and best ball points per game last year. Chris Godwin could have setbacks. He might just not be the same type of player. No Antonio Brown. We haven't got confirmation that Gronk is coming back, though I presume he will be coming back. Yeah, so I think I mean, that, his conversation of, well, Joe Burrow's a really special player. That's going right. to end real quick now that yeah. TV 12 is back. For sure. So I, I moved Gronk uh, much higher, too, with the assumption that he's coming back. But for me, I think that Mike Evans is a standout. It's like the DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin types. Mike Evans got the quarterback. We've seen the production. He's still only 29 years old. Um, I think big things are coming back for him. Chris Godwin, um, I'm kind of in, in between on. I don't really like the ACL tear and all that stuff, but um, you're he's definitely stackable in the middle there. And then Leonard Fournette's the tough one because uh, – First of all, I think if we're just talking about discounts in general, Leonard Fournette's the one that with the discount because everyone hates Leonard Fournette. Like fantasy last year, that's why he was like a 10th, 11th, 12th round pick. Uh, he's the one that slid the most. I think when we launched the tournament, he was like in the 30s and 40s in ADP. Now he's in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, I moved him up with the hope that he's coming back. The problem is the Bucks don't have that much cap space. And I think that other teams will prioritize him to some degree. So um, we'll have to figure that out. But if he doesn't come back, we we were at the combine and they didn't talk about Keyshawn Vaughn in any of those press conferences with any type of hope that he's going to turn anything. So it'd be some, it would be a rookie probably 
that would come in. Um, and I don't think that Tom Brady is going to like want to deal with a rookie, like a, a third round rookie. I'm not sure if he's coming back for something like that. So I, I, I guessing that they're trying to get Leonard Fournette back now. Pulled up the ADPs right now. Yeah. Mike Evans, wide receiver 19, Chris Godwin shortly thereafter, wide receiver 25, about 13 total spots between the two. And yeah, Leonard Fournette all the way down at running back 25, Gronk at tight end 23. I mean, this team was in such a difficult spot without him because Hayden, we've already seen it and we'll get to some of these names in a little bit. The water was already churning around all these other quarterbacks. Like they're already, the chairs were already, you know, being filled and the bucks were kind of potentially going to be left there with either they swing for the fences with a big name or they turn that over to what Cal Trask and, and Blaine Gabbert. And there's not much middle ground they could have been in. And they still had enough good pieces like we're talking about to support another run if the right player was there and the right player is is 100% back. It's amazing. I'm excited. Aren't you excited? Now, I guess this leads me to the question because, you know, time is inevitable. Time takes down everyone. It's undefeated. Do we see a decline this year? Are we in the business of predicting a Tom Brady decline? Maybe this much one, this <laughs> this much of a decline. I mean, he's not going to re. It's it. I mean, I'm not going to say he's not going to repeat. He had literally one of the best seasons of his entire career. It was crazy. Last, his numbers last year were insane. So I'm not expecting uh, that level of a season. But I think that the uh, the Peyton Manning decline that you talked about, I would be pretty surprised if it hit him that hard. He's obviously very um, confident that he's not going to deal with that. And the dude, the avocado ice cream and all that stuff. You just got to the the pills that he's popping. Uh, got to believe that it's working to some degree. I think we covered it there. As Greg Rosenthal put it, Tom Brady witnessed his, his funeral and didn't love it, didn't like what he saw. So now he's back to uh, to do it all over again. Or is this uh, a petty move that he didn't uh, get to announce his retirement himself, that he got sure. sheftered and he's like, yeah, I'm coming back for another year just because of that. He got Darlington and was like, nah, man, we're nope. doing it over. Hey, I wouldn't put it past him for this not to be his last season. If 23, isn't it? And like I, he's there with the transition to Byron Leftwich becoming head coach after Bruce Arians. You know what I'm saying? I think that he can be a free agent next year. Um, so maybe he wants to do the 49ers thing in 2024. Stay maybe, tuned. Maybe. All right. I think that covers it with Tom Brady. Plenty more to discuss there this summer. Again, now is the time. It'll be the cheapest to draft Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if you want to and you've never played on Underdog Fantasy, the app is fantastic. Again, it's on desktop as well. Click the link down below. Use promo code THE SHOW. We will double your deposit. There are super flex drafts right now. There's pre-draft. All the rookies are in there as well. So go and try it. There's six-person draft, 12-person drafts, all that stuff. And then after the 2022 NFL draft, Best Ball Mania 3, where seven figures unreasonably big. seven figures unreal unreasonably amounts of money big. will be given to someone playing freaking fantasy football okay more news out there cowboys are finalizing a trade and have since finalized a trade to send well pretty soon amari cooper in a six-round pick to the cleveland browns for a 2022 fifth round pick and a six-round pick per league sources this is adam Schefter and was picked up obviously by all other media outlets effectively if we're going to simplify this hayden the Cleveland Browns picked up a $20 million outside wide receiver for this season and the next two seasons for what's effectively a fifth round pick. 
thoughts? Yeah, so it's a $20 million per year for the next three years, which is the exact same contract offer that Mike Williams signed to, except Amari Cooper's doesn't come with any guaranteed money. We'll see what the Browns do to kind of fit him under the cap. But the Browns were very desperate at wide receiver for a couple of reasons. Number one, it sounds like Jarvis Landry's either going to get traded, most likely released. They have nobody else in the entire wide receiver group. So they had to make a bold decision. Number two, it's going to help out the quarterback landscape. If they're trying to go Deshaun Watson, they're trying to make their team look a little bit more appealing. Maybe it's not Deshaun Watson. It's another one of these Derek Carr types that they want to get aggressive. Or if they just want to see Baker Mayfield, maybe he's a little healthier next year. They had to get him more help. So even with even with this Amari Cooper deal, I think that we're going to get another wide receiver um, hmm. attacking from, from the Browns that might be in the draft with a 13th overall pick. It could be with another signing here. But this this team really needed um, some some skill guys. They, they tagged David Njoku, who they didn't even basically play that, that much because they were so desperate. So I thought this was a, a win-win move for the Cowboys. We'll get to the Michael Gallup contract, but now it's starting to make a little bit more sense why they did this. But for the Brown side, I know it sounds like a lot of money, but that's just the market of wide receivers right now. And I think that since there's not that much guaranteed money moving forward with this, I'm totally fine for the, on the Brown side as well. Pretty amazing that all the insiders last week said, well, it's heading towards Amari Cooper being released by the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not sure if that spurred action across the league that they all looked at the free agent market, saw that there were very few outside wide receivers, predicted how much they were going to get paid no matter what. And then this spurred some action because like going from that statement to then receiving a fifth round pick, that's pretty good by the Cowboys. If they were, you know, not heading into next year with him on the roster because he refused to take a, a salary cut. Like I, I don't love it for Amari Cooper, this spot in comparison to last year and like where he has been with the Cowboys, but I understand why the Browns did it. It's exactly what we're talking about. Like the money absolutely makes sense for a wide receiver. Who's 28 in June and outside wide receivers just are not plentiful in this free agent group. And this was the team that probably was at the top in terms of needing pass catching weapons especially to line up outside the numbers along the sideline and Amari Cooper, while it's been wildly consistent throughout his years, and maybe this is, you know, going to spring up in people's minds. And I understand it. Like during his days with the Raiders, Hayden, when they weren't playing well, when he wasn't getting the ball, when he wasn't attached to a, a quarterback that was playing at a high level, he went silent for weeks, for games, for months. That's absolutely a possibility here, but I think this is just a shrewd move again by Andrew Barry and, and Kevin Stefanski just simply put on a piece of paper. We need help here. This guy has been proven here. It's a locked in contract if we want it to be for three years and we're only having to send a fifth round pick to do it. I think we describe Baker Mayfield's game as a product of his environment and you got to get his environment intact. The offensive line is good. I think that Amari Cooper will be totally fine here. I think that just the lack of target competition is I cannot overstate how drastic. I mean, it's literally just going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz at wide receiver unless they'd make another big move. So I was having trouble trying to move Amari Cooper. He was uh, 55th and better in best ball points per game last year. Uh, he was in the that, that same range in rankings this year. 
I didn't move him down with the rumors. I didn't really move him up with this trade this trade either. I think that he's going to be kind of a wide receiver too, probably a little bit uh, less consistent than other wide receiver twos. But if Baker Mayfield's healthy, I think that he can have a decent season here. I still think he's good. Last year, Charles made the good point. He came back from COVID. I looked at the splits. The splits before COVID awesome. and after COVID were much, much, much different. So um, I think you'd give him a little bit more time here. And if you're just hoping that Baker Mayfield could stay healthy or let's just throw out the, the scenario where they make a really bold move at quarterback. And I, I think that that was at least somewhat in play with this move. If they go for Deshaun Watson or Derek Carr, um, unfortunately, we have to cross Kirk Cousins off the list. But I would not be su- surprised if they tried to make another big move on offense here. I feel like other people might connect these dots, so why not just say them? Because people at home might be thinking them. Kevin Stefanski, passing game coordinator, Minnesota Vikings, Stefan Diggs, massive season. I'm not saying that's happening here because even I would say those quarterbacks are probably a different level. You know my feelings on Baker Mayfield. But I also think they're affiliated with Andrew Barry's feelings of Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying that the Cleveland Browns are going to be able to move off of Baker this offseason, but I am... In my heart and in my brain, certain that when someone with that background and that analytical approach, when he surveys the league, Andrew Barry is not sitting there saying, yeah, Baker's our guy. Yeah, Baker's sure now. They, they are 100% going to try to upgrade that. Could that be in Deshaun Watson? Yes. Do I think he wants to go there? Probably not. And it's in the AFC as well. But that doesn't mean this year. It might mean next year. It might mean the year after that. And again, based on the contract that Amari Cooper is under right now, he, he's a part of that. So yeah, just quickly some numbers. Amari caught 12 of 22 targets, 20 plus yards on the field last year. 16 of 27 in the intermediate areas, 10 to 19 yards, and was 41 of 54 in the short area of the field. He's going right now in the pre-draft best ball over an underdog as the wide receiver 22. That's a 48th overall ADP. Where are you thinking for him, Peyton? I'm at 47. I, I don't ha- I don't want to be too strong either way. I have next two guys, Deontay, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, that type of range. Basically the wider t- wide, wide receiver two land. The one problem is I'm never going to stack them with Baker Mayfield. And that's why I would rather have someone like Mike Williams. So I can at least stack them up with Justin Herbert, but I think he's going to be fine. I, I think that people are overreacting to last year's bad season mm. injuries and COVID. It will make anybody uh, not the same. And then there was a lot of guys to throw the ball to that. He's not going to have the same issues um, in Cleveland. That, that division all of a sudden is going to be putting up a shit ton of points. So I think that they might be trailing a little bit and he might have like 150 targets this year. I would not be that surprised. One name to watch in Cleveland is actually Kareem Hunt. And we'll get there through maybe some of these free agent conversations, but he has zero dead money on a, Six and a quarter million dollar contract this year. We know they tender Dearness Johnson. We know Nick Chubb is incredible. So things could be dished out between those two, especially the latter in Nick Chubb if something happens to Kareem Hunt here in the next week. So something to monitor as we go along. Definitely on my radar. If I was a running back needy team, I would be calling the Browns. They probably don't like their running backs. As, like I know it seems like they like their running backs, but I think this new regime's like, all right, we got our Nick Chubb. How many like good running backs do we actually need? So I can see him be I can see him getting moved. Yeah. For a team that again comes from that kind of background, that might just be one too many assets to give up to a really talented stable of running backs. But yeah. do you need three of those? 
you know? Okay. So we mentioned it with Amari Cooper. This has kind of been a move with the Dallas Cowboys that's been tied to Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz. We know Dalton Schultz is franchise tagged working on a long-term deal. Well, Michael Gallup, again, on the eve of free agency is back in Dallas, a five-year, $62.5 million contract, $27 million in guarantees. And Hayden also attached to this, a week 17 ACL tear for Michael Gallup. He is an impossible ranking right now. I have him 97th overall, which is a couple spots ahead of ADP. Right next to actually Robert Woods, and I did that on purpose, two guys coming off. ACL tears. Michael Gallup is kind of interesting because I think he's pretty good, but like maybe not like consistently good. And he's more of like a jump ball kind of specialist. And I'm kind of curious to see what type of volume he's going to get. Cause he's never been a super high volume guy. And I think that CD lamb is actually going to turn into one of those super volume hogs. Um, but I thought the Cowboys got a decent deal. Obviously Michael Gallup wanted um, uh, to get as much money as he can, but I think the, the Cowboys got a pretty sweet D- deal here. The Cowboys historically always want the longest amount of years as they can. They went five years, $62 million on it. So I think that if Gallup plays to his potential, he's going to be severely underpaid. But obviously when you're coming off a torn ACL and you're going to be able to play with the Cowboys, um, you got to take what what's available to you. So I thought I was a little bit lower on the Cowboys for trying to force this Amari deal, but they got a, at least a pick back from that. And this sounds like this Michael Gallup deal um, at least could be a pretty big bargain if he comes back um, this next season. Yeah. Again, it's impossible to know, but he has areas where he wins. Like he really is maybe one of the better 50, 50 ball receivers in the league. Like his vertical shots going up and getting it created that sliver of separation at the catch point. He's fantastic there. And his absence was really notable to this team. Cause you remember when they came out in week one against Tampa Bay and it was three wide receiver sets, you know, a good amount of tempo having CD lamb in the slot quite a bit. And Michael Gallup and Mari on the outside, they were dishing it. They were dishing it out there. And this is kind of leads me to this question because I believe C.D. Lamb is a, a prominent figure here lurking all over this because he's the one who might go to the absolute moon in this offense now. But when you consider what they've done with him last year, like when Michael Gallup was out of the lineup, he went down to like two snaps out of 51 in the slot, six snaps out of 68 in the slot. Then when Gap comes back, like around the week 13, 14, 15, he goes back to playing CD Lamb, 42 of 68 slot snaps, 45 of 61, 42 of 51. Now without Amari Cooper, do we think it's going to be CD when Michael Gap gets healthy, those two on the outside, and then you have Cedric Wilson potentially coming back, plus a lot of 12 personnel possibly too. Yeah, I think they can move CeeDee Lamb inside or outside. It's going to be matchup dependent, formation dependent, and all that stuff. I was um, moving CeeDee Lamb way up. I have him ranked 14th overall. Hmm. He was going 21st overall. I actually have him as my wide receiver six, ahead of A.J. Brown, ahead of Debo Samuel, ahead of Steph Diggs. I just like wow. the potential of him. I, it's a pretty aggressive ranking, but I don't really like any of those guys in the second round. And I thought that CeeDee Lamb has, I think, a ceiling that's really, really high. Um, other thing, just really quick, looking at the 2019 Cowboys, and this is kind of a random thing to bring up, but this is when there was two of them, and Michael Gallup was the second option. He had 113 targets. Amari Cooper was the one at 119 targets. That season, Michael Gallup had just over 1,100 yards 
and six touchdowns. So I think that's probably closer to the ceiling for Michael Gallup, just because he's coming off this ACL tear. But like getting to that a thousand yard mark seems somewhat in the range of outcomes, assuming health. And that's always going to be um, a question mark here. Yeah, just like at the ADPs right now in Underdog. Again, you can go play if you never have. Click the link in the description down below. Use promo code the show. Deposit anything. We will match it for the first time. Uh, CD is like that cliff between really good receivers up there. Debo, crazy year. Steph Diggs, crazy year two years ago. AJ Brown, phenom. And then you have CD. Right after that is Jalen Waddell. Great rookie season. This is predicting a massive bump for him. DK Metcalf. Who's throwing in the ball? T. Higgins. Okay. And DeAndre Hopkins and Keen Allen after that. 100% C.D. Lamb should at least belong as wide receiver nine. But if you want to bump him above A.J. Brown because of who his quarterback is, all power to you. Steph Diggs, Debo Samuel, so on and so forth. So, like, I'm totally in agreement with you that this should absolutely be the floor of where C.D. is going right now and until week one of the NFL season. And again, this might be a quote unquote buy low window for him. Yeah, I agree. I think the my favorite value of the Cowboys right now is probably Dalton Schultz. That's the Ooh. tight end range. I like better. He's going to go off, man. Blake Jarwin, they just uh, flat out released him because of his hip injury. Yeah. And Dalton Schultz is in that range where you're not really, there's not that much of an opportunity cost. This is when you're getting to the pretty bad wide receivers, like guys like, like, maybe he's a number two receiver types. And I think that's when you go uh, pivot over um, to Dalton Schultz last year, he was 76th in uh, better and best ball points per game. He's being drafted after that. So this is the tight end range that I want to be targeting. I think that he makes the most sense just for people listening to the podcast feed, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, and then it's Dalton Schultz and then Pat Fryermuth and Mike Gesicki. Right after that. So those are kind of the five tight ends that go anywhere from Goddard as like the 72nd overall ADP down to the 109 ADP with Mike Kosicki. But Hayden, as you said, tight end doesn't really matter after the top one. So give me one of those guys in the last <laughs> Donald Parham and freaking who knows what rookie. I, I love dropping that bomb on just this YouTube video because then the rest of the summer, I know we're going to talk about that at length. Yeah. We're going to mention this. This better be a really good column for me because we've plugged it and I haven't even written a single word about it yet. So just a sizzle, a little sizzle that the people need. Um, all right. So there's two wide receiver contracts. Let's keep going with this theme. Mike Williams. Speaking of you, Hayden, incredible call prior to last year. He's back with the Los Angeles Chargers. Three years, $60 million contract. As you said, the same exact one, basically. As Amari Cooper signed, granted, Williams has guarantees in his contract. Amari no longer does. But hey, it's an outside wide receiver who Tom Telesco, Brandon Staley went out there and said, this is our vertical playmaker. So at the very least, Hayden, he's going to keep the same exact role he had last year. The spiked weeks at the start of the season were incredible. It forced everyone to be like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. Trailed off, tailed off just a little bit. Your expectations now for Mike Williams back with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. Super high. I'm my two favorite things, Mike Williams and better in best ball points. This is where they collide. He was 33rd overall in better in best ball points per game because he is that spiked weak player. Keenan Allen is kind of low-key on the decline, just a little bit. And Mike Williams, they gave uh, a ton of money to. I mean, $20 million a year is no joke. Um, he's obviously going to be a focal point. It's not just the downfield stuff. Last year, his role changed just because 
They brought in the new offensive coordinator, kind of throws him into the Michael Thomas role. Um, but when you got Justin Herbert and he just bombs away, I think Mike Williams is the one. In fact, I'm going bold here, and I actually Ooh. have Mike Williams ranked ahead of Keenan Allen. They're both in the 40s for me. I'm going to be fading Keenan Allen and buying Mike Williams. Even last year in this, the one metric better in best ball points per game, Mike Williams, 33rd overall, Keenan Allen, 61st overall. And that's because Keenan Allen doesn't have as many spiked weeks, just the way the role that he plays. I think that Mike Williams has top 15 wide receiver potential again. And he's somebody that everyone doesn't like just because they remember the inconsistent stuff. But that's why we play a little bit of best ball. And we don't have to worry about that. Okay. For the people at home, I'm going to act like you in this judge jury trial room situation we're talking about okay mike williams to start the season 18 fancy points 18 fancy points 29 fancy points then after that oh yeah 1.6 another spiked week 32.5 but then three three seven five it was really inconsistent for the next i don't know 12 weeks of the year who is he can we expect more consistency than that for the people out there, because in this format that we play in, we'll take that all the time. If he's going out there and putting up 30, 30, 19 point weeks, because we don't have to worry about when starting him in best ball. But I know some people will be scared off by the inconsistency. Well, I think the some of the inconsistency is priced in. He's going 60th overall, and I just said he finished 33rd uh, last year. So I think there's already a discount in just you got to think about it. Not just Mike Williams. You got to think about the team that you're going to be drafting when you draft a guy like Mike Williams. I want Justin Herbert, like breaking news, Justin Herbert, very good. Mike Williams, very good. I want to kind of keep those two correlated. So I think that Keenan Allen's getting drafted pretty much at his ceiling at this point in his career. Keenan Allen's dealt with injury history. He can be a guy that falls off a cliff at any point, just given the, the age curve. And the Chargers number three receiver might be Josh Palmer. They might try to find somebody, but I think that they're not going to over um, spend at that position. I think they have bigger issues on defense. Um, particularly in the secondary that I think they're going to be super aggressive on. I think that they're just going to let Mike Williams cook. They obviously have a huge plan for him, giving him $20 million a year, I think was a little bit more money than people were expecting. But um, I think you have to live with the the inconsistencies. A lot of the people being drafted next to him aren't consistent players either. Like wide, boom, bust wide receiver three is just yeah. how it goes. Like he's being drafted next to freaking Marquise Brown, Mr. Consistency. Uh, Darnell Moody, Mr. Consistency. Michael Thomas, also so consistent. These are the type of guys he's being drafted around. This is just what you live with. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like, we love Michael Pittman. We love Chris Godwin as talents. There's obviously some questions associated with both those. One, Michael Pittman doesn't have a quarterback, as we're talking about right now. And Chris Godwin's coming off a major injury, and so is Michael Thomas. He didn't even play last season. Then you mentioned some of the names after him. I mean, Gabriel Davis is going about seven spots after. Now, I understand everyone wants to dive into the Gabe Davis pool of a huge breakout season in 2022. It might absolutely happen, but guess who already has a breakout season in their back pocket, and we just saw it, and it's in Mike Williams. I know he's going ahead of him, but it's in the same range, right? Scroll up. Devontae, uh, Devonta Smith, who I love. I love Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith and Amon Ross St. Brown are going ahead of Mike Williams. Neither of them have had the season that Mike Williams had, and their quarterback situation is just a, a total mess when it comes to passing the ball. So um, I will go down with the Mike Williams-Justin yeah, Herbert stack this year. Come on. Yeah, you will. I am with you that we need one more vertical player on this team 
to, I think, like really take the next step. We love Michael Williams. We love Keenan Allen. I think that's really evident. We absolutely love Austin Eckler. But the games where Justin Herbert was fantastic, obviously, single high stuff, vertical shots, attacking those boundaries from the opposite hash marks that, you know, other quarterbacks just can't do. They can't make those reads. They can't make those throws. But man, we need something, a little bit more juice to take it up one more notch. And you know where I'm going with this. Like, if we can somehow get Goodwill Fuller back and he's on this roster, like, give me a break. That or, we, or we can go Jamison Williams or Chris Olave as this is true. in the first round, too. I, I think there's, there's a couple ways they can figure this out. I do wonder if Josh Palmer's kind of like insurance to Keenan Allen. Remember, when Keenan Allen left that one game, Josh Palmer went in there and kind of ate a little bit. Um, so I think they're going to be in a, they're going to be in a fine spot. They're going to probably rely on Justin Herbert a little bit more to carry this offense. And they're really going to fix this, this defense. But the good news, you, we got Russell Wilson, Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes in the division. This, this team's going to be putting up a shit ton of points. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just looking at the, the free agent list. Again, you understand why a lot of these teams didn't want to jump in here, dive into this area and instead are just keeping what they, uh, what they already had on their team because there's not a lot to choose from here. Shark, Gala, or not Gallup. Uh, How about like a Traquan Smith? Throw him out there. In here. MVS? MV, I mean, I, I think MVS, based on these other names. He might get more uh, money. He might he might get a little more money. That's because yeah. he's good. This is, uh, this is Slim Pickens over yeah, there. All right. We have more wide receiver news, and it's a personal favorite. Fantasy Twitter's favorite. The Bills re-signed Isaiah McKenzie to a two-year, $8 million contract. This was not a full-time player, but man, I will never be able to erase the 11 reception, 125-yard day Isaiah McKenzie had against the New England Patriots in week 16 of last season. I want your thoughts on McKenzie and also what this might mean for Cole Beasley and the standing of the wide receiver group there in Buffalo. So we always talk or say money talks. They gave two years, $8 million, which is not necessarily starter money for Isaiah McKenzie, but I'm not sure what his market was going to be. That kind of tells me he's still kind of in this gadget special teams type of role. But the big thing is it's the Cole Beasley situation and they can easily get out of his contract either via trade or release. They've already uh, gave him permission to seek a trade and usually you don't tell your player you're allowed no, I to didn't go. see that report yeah this was a couple a couple days ago um so I think that Cole Beasley is going to move on I think that Isaiah McKenzie is going to have at least have a chance a chance to be the starting slot receiver um either way I want to be over ADP I don't want to go too crazy here because I I still think that the two years eight million dollars was not that much money but Isaiah McKenzie could ball against man coverage that dude is fast as hell and he's kind of like the perfect little weapon here so um, I want to be a little bit higher than the market, but I don't want to like go absolutely crazy. I, I wish this was two years, like $14 million, something like that, where I feel a little bit more confident. I can see a, a third, third round rookie or something like that. I don't know. Hook it in my veins though. This oh, I'm, passing I'm chart, too. oh yeah. I mean, what we see, and I already got this question, like, what does this mean for Gabe Davis? To me, it means nothing. And let's lay nothing. this out a little bit, right? Because we always talk about, there's two wide receiver sets and there's three wide receiver sets really to reach your potential as like an every week starter in a great passing offense, you need to be in two wide receiver sets. And typically yes. these are the outside guys at all times. So Stefan Diggs 
and Gabriel Davis, from what we know right now, should be penciled in as the Bills wide receivers in two tight end sets. But they also run a lot of 11 personnel, three wide receiver sets. And Isaiah McKenzie, if he has the pathway to being the slot player, to being the number three who comes in in those situations, what he did on these crossing routes, I mean, if you're tuning in on YouTube right now and you're seeing it, torching man coverage, torching over the middle field. And Josh Allen did not miss a beat with him in there. Legit speed. I believe he's what, 28, 27 years old as well? Like, this is a player, Hayden, that to me at wide receiver 79, we're talking about it. It's never going to get cheaper where you can get a piece of a top three to four pass catcher on the Buffalo Bills right now, an offense that we all want two to three to four in terms of passing offenses across the league. I know I keep repeating myself. I know that it might be overblown already. And this might be, you know, the player that we hype up way too much. I can't get enough of it because I I think that this is one of those situations though, that if you watch those isolated games and how he played in them, you can can predict and you can see it. You can project a player. If given a full-time role has a chance to explode. Yeah, that slot receiver role uh, ha- or that rule that I have in fantasy where I don't want him unless they're in two wide receiver sets. The exception to this is with the Bills just because they are always in the 10 and 11 personnel and they pass the ball at ridiculous rate. So even if he is a distant fourth target, because I think that Dawson Knox is ahead of him on the pecking order as sure. well, he still can have the spiked weeks. The right matchup comes along and all of a sudden he's cruising in there. So um, I, I think he's I have him inside the top 150, which like I'm I'm ready to party a little bit. I don't want to get too crazy, but I'm 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 ready to party. When when they release Cole Beasley, I'll, I'll move him up another 12-ish spots, but I, I we need to survive the draft as well. I can see them finding like a second second round pick and then all of a sudden party's over. Trust me, I spent a week with you in Los Angeles. I know you're you're ready to party. Uh Isaiah McKenzie, he's going as a wide receiver 79, 176 overall ADP uh, the bills talking about three wide receiver sets and four wide receiver sets. They were in them 81% of the time last season. That's ridiculous. 81% of the time by far the most, by far the most in the NFL. Let's roll. And, and their quarterback is good. It's not just that they're, it's the right formation and their quarterback is an MVP candidate. So yeah, let's roll. Okay. Quickly, let's go on to the Arizona Cardinals. Titan Zach Ertz re-signed to a three-year, $31.65 million contract. I know Ertz had like some pretty good games there once being traded over from the Philadelphia Eagles. A few yards after catch situations when there's a whole Twitter account dedicated to his time in Philadelphia. That never happens. How are you going to view this? Because again... We all struggle with tight ends after the top four, five, six names. Where does Zach Ertz slot in there for you? So last year when he was with the Cardinals, he was 96th overall in better and best ball points per game. He's being drafted a little bit ahead of that or behind that. I think he's a perfect scheme fit. Just like talk, talk about an offense like to spread him out a little bit, get him in space, actually use a slot tight end. They're going to use him and they don't have that much money. I like this was a priority. They're giving him top 10 money. Uh, per year, and I think that he's going to get a decent amount of targets because really they're going to be relying on DeAndre Hopkins to stay healthy, 
And then out, outside of that, I'm not sure who's going to be their second outside receiver right now. If I had to guess, it would actually be Antoine Wesley, who is yep. going undrafted. I think that people should change that. This team does not have money, period. Like they might have to be a DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore, Antoine Wesley offense next year. So I think that Zach Ertz is like right in that range where I don't want to spend the premium third round pick on a tight end. Instead, I'll go down to the 11th round and find a Zach Ertz. I think I'm probably going to actually draft them quite a bit because I'm super high on Kyler Murray versus everybody else because of the quarterback position, because I yep. like the ceiling that I can get there. So I think DeAndre Hopkins Zach Ertz and Kyler Murray is going to be a, a, a little three-piece that I'm going to be drafting a little bit this year. We'll talk a lot more about the Cardinals this week because they are definitely going to do something at their running back position as well. Uh, they're going to lose Christian Kirk, who at points was that middle-of-the-field player for them. We know that A.J. Green is most likely gone. Uh, Zach Ertz, if you look at multiple of his charts, was that middle-of-the-field presence. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is stuck on the left side of the formation on the outside for like 90% of the snaps. And so these two players do not really occupy the same area for the Cardinals. So if you split it up into quarters or into thirds, Zach Ertz is the middle third pass catcher at this yep. moment. And an offense that has its ups and downs, but someone who for half the season was playing at like an MVP caliber level. And these two had, you know, some really good moments as well. Why not? Why not be into this? Yeah, two other things. Uh, when Zach Ertz got there, that's when the rest of the offense absolutely tanked, and he was still pretty productive. And the second thing is this Cardinals defense was pretty good last year. I've, I haven't done the regression uh, studies yet on the defense, but I'm sure the Cardinals are going to be one of those towards the top. They were like a top five defense for long stretches of the, of the season. We know how hard that is to repeat, especially when they're such an old uh, defense uh, in the secondary and at, at the edge position too. We are done with Zach Ertz. Now we move on to the quarterback position. Just two updates and contracts for everyone out there. The first being paid like a tier one quarterback. The Vikings gave Kirk Cousins a one-year fully guaranteed $35 million extension per Adam Schefter. So he will make $40 million in 2022 and then $30 million in 2023. Hayden with voidable years on the end. This certainly seems like Kirk Cousins is locked in as the starter for the Minnesota Vikings and their new head coach and Kevin O'Connell for the next two seasons. Yeah, for the next, it looks like it's going to be the next two seasons, but they had to make some type of commitment because he was the cap hit was going to be ridiculous this year. And they have like Daniil Hunter and those types of players yep. on the defense and on the offensive line, all that stuff. They have to figure out because this roster is okay, but it's not more than okay right now. So I thought this made some sense. There's obviously some continuity between head coach and quarterback here. So it's I mean it's hard to find a quarterback better than Kirk Cousins. Like it is hard to do that. Like I I hate to be the one to say it, but he was probably like the 12th best quarterback last year and it's hard yeah. to find somebody that's going to be like that. I think that this team's going to be good enough to sneak into the wild card round just because you're dealing with the Bears and the Lions who are waist deep into a rebuild. This team's a little bit better than that i think for me this solidified my stance i'm super aggressive on my justin jefferson ranking i have justin jefferson fifth overall that's ahead of jamar chase um he's done it for two seasons been his absolutely electric in both of those and i think because o'connell has had experience with this rams team that's been top five in pace top five in neutral pass rate 
I can see the pass attempts overall for this team going way up. And we obviously saw what Cooper Cup did last season. So I'm going to be super high on Justin Jefferson, as always. Your wide receiver, two overall, if I'm not mistaken, just behind Devontae Adams. It's Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Justin Jefferson. Three wide receivers in my top five. Um, You're a changed man. Yes, I am. You're a converted man. Um, Yeah, like Kirk Cousins, if he was on a different contract, he would be the upgrade out there for another team's quarterback. You know? Like, that's as simple as it would be. He's going right now. Hey, now pull up the quarterback drafts over on underdog. This is just in typical best ball, not super flex. He's going right after Justin Fields and Deshaun Watson ahead of Trey Lawrence, Derek Carr and, uh, and Ryan Tannehill. I mean, talk about spiked weeks, a player that can be your quarterback too. After you go and get a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or someone else at the top of these drafts, Kirk cousins there is the quarterback 15 to me makes all the sense in the world. I'm a, I'm a believer in Kirk Cousins. There were plenty of occasions through the first half of last season where he acted as a, as a top 10 quarterback in the league. I understand he's a very easy butt end of a lot of jokes, especially in prime time, but he deserves, I think more praise than he, he receives. He's just never going to consistently be that top echelon player, but again, locked in for the Vikings for the next two years. Yeah. He finished 73rd in better and best ball points per game right ahead of Russell Wilson, a little bit behind Matthew Stafford. He will not get, he will not be priced by those guys because everyone hates Kirk cousins. Here's a hint. When everyone hates a player in fantasy, start drafting him like every single one of them. A good question here. Will KJ Osborne break out? We got to save some takes for the rest of the summer, but KJ Osborne, three wide receiver sets. Um, I think that the Rams are, or the the Vikings are going to use them a little bit more. I think Osborne is fine, and there's a little bit of a um, ceiling to chase if Phelan or Jefferson miss some time. All right, one more restructure. That is quarterback Matt Ryan, broken by our buddy on our last show, PFF Brad Spielberger. Way ahead of this from the local and national perspective, Brad. Congratulations. This is a big deal. Hayden Matt Ryan was going to have a forty-eight million dollar cap hit. In 2022, I believe I also read that now he'll have a $55 million cap hit in 2023. This is a team in the Falcons that really could have taken this two different directions starting last offseason. And now, despite being in purgatory and no man's land with a lot of, you know, contract and roster decisions that they have and not being loaded with pieces, this is another quarterback who's locked into his team and his position. The last regime just gave these guys some hell. Like they, this cap situation that they're still in and they will continue to be in is as bad as it gets. This roster sucks. Name their wide receivers that are on the roster. Russell That's, Gage isn't. Calvin Ridley's not. It's like Olamide Zacchaeus is, is a free agent as well. Like, well, we know we know Kyle Pitts is a halftime, a part time outside wide receiver for them, and, and and that's it. It's like Christian Blake, Chad Hansen. Like it's these guys right now. So I mean, it's terrible situation they must keep evaluating these quarterback classes and not think it's very good so i'm sure that's what they did is they spent the last couple weeks uh last couple of months i should say evaluating kenny pickett and malik wilson said to hell with that uh we'll we'll stick with matt ryan um but what's what sucks is like they have to keep extending him and, and restructuring his contract and all that stuff because the cap charges are so big but every single time they do that they have to commit to him for another season so um Maybe just Matt Ryan just stays in, until he retires. Like, who knows? 
I don't know what to think of the Falcons. It, they must a, have a long leash. The the new GM and head coach, Arthur Arthur Blank must have said, he, you guys got plenty of time to fix this. Yeah. It's uh it's a it's a tough one to know about, other than like, hey, Al Pitts is pretty good where he's going right now as a tight end four after being drafted as a tight end four last year. And if Cordero Patterson goes back there, then at least they at least know how to use him. But we could see that change this week. They basically had to do this because, as you outlined, they had no money to spend this offseason and to like fill a 53-man plus roster. They needed some flexible cap room. And the only way to do that is to force Matt Ryan to have a $55 million cap hit, the most in the league in 2023. That's tough. I don't know how they're getting out of this. Sorry, I was trying to find this tweet from Brad because I know we had to get him some, some credit. Even local beats. D Orlando, who has been a mainstay on that beat for decades, was like, ah, that, that's BS. He's not getting restructured. Then a few hours later, bam, it hits. Look at Brad doing big things. Brooklyn go listen Brad. to that. Go listen to that video. That was yeah. he crushed that video. We we peppered him with questions like I've never seen before. Yep. And he was up for it. Yeah. The morning of the first day of free agency, I believe, Hayden, the window where teams and agents can start chatting starts at noon on Monday. You have a few hours. You have a few hours as you're listening to this and it's ending right now. Go spend 40 of those minutes with the Salary Cap 101 show. It's in the YouTube feed. It's in the podcast feed as well. And Hayden, you and I will have plenty of videos, 8 to 12 minutes long, when all of these big signings and trades hit for the next three days. Because look, the days. NFL, it never stops. There's always something that happens. And we're here, always online, always logged on. Until Thursday, I'm getting out of here for a couple of days. That's you and Charles' show. <laughs> that works. That works. Appreciate you, William. I'm not sure what that says about us, <laughs> that the salary cap pod was way better than I expected it to be. But uh, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> that, some of these shows, we actually have to learn. You know, like We're not teaching you guys anything on this show. But some shows, we got to bring on and actually teach you guys a little bit. I appreciate that. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe, hit those buttons down below. It's a year that I've been at this company. A thousand subs somehow, getting them this week up to 10K would be amazing. You pitch it too early. We're going we're gonna to teach you how to pitch a, a milestone when it's actually in range. Just throwing that out there. Take one of your friend's phones and search for this channel and subscribe to it. And do that like 10 more times. Thank you. All right. For Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the bell, everyone. Talk to you all soon in like 24 hours. See ya. <laughs>